I don't know. Just do the intro. I'll figure it out while you're fucking yeah, I'm looking at it. You, you, Me? you are listening Me. to the audit podcast on the lever with uh, Josh Olson and Dave Anthony, who is the sexy spry one. Uh, Gareth, uh, sorry, Josh, yeah. same thing. Old and cranky. Uh, like probably the worst intro you've ever done. That was great. You see those fools at the back of the class. They don't care about grades or if they fail or pass. They ain't here to learn. They're just here for laughs. The day you home will just a tear it in half. If you want blood, you got it. You trap a keeper out on it. Give me a crap, I'll blow it. This ain't the tension, baby. This is You sound sad today. Uh, I'm tired. I'm really tired. I went surfing really. I surfed too long yesterday, and my body is. Oh, it's terrible. When you, yeah, you know what I, you know what I did this morning. Mm -hmm. What? Uh, I walked uh, about seven miles on the picket line the way I do most mornings. Well, that's harder for you because you're old, old person, as we just talked about. Uh, it's harder that kind of that kind of rigorous exercise for you just, is. Crippling. I'm just saying, which which side are you on, Dave? Is what I'm saying. You're surfing for what? You're surfing in the middle uh, of the water. No, I did not surf this morning. I surfed yesterday. I You're tired from yesterday? Yeah, I surfed two and a half hours, and it was too long, and I'm, my whole body is racked. Oh, baby, this morning I drove my son an hour through traffic that was all backed up because of an accident. Um, so I six miles. I did things just as hard as you. I drove uh, about thirty miles. I walked six miles. What uh, I did for, was hard for my union. For my union, I don't know. Uh, what this podcast is brought to you by the Lever, the award-winning, reader-supported, investigative news outlet. If you'd like to support this show uh, and there are other shows, there are a few ways you can do it. First, you can become a paid supporter to the Lever. This will give you access to our bonus content, which will give you access to the Lever Premium Podcast feed, extended interviews, all sorts of special bonus stuff. Uh, you can make a one-time contribution that goes just to, actually just to me. Um, Dave never sees a penny of it. No, nobody else who works at the show does. Just, just to me. Uh, you can leave us a tip at levernews.com slash audit. Uh, there'll be a, bottom, a button for the tip jar. Venmo page. We're at the audit at Venmo under businesses. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the audit podcast. By the way, you, you definitely want to start doing that if you aren't already, because we've been, we've been having some fun lately and we're talk about that in a <laughs> and you can email us at the audit podcast at gmail.com actually let's start with that i was sorry debating i didn't know which to start we have two things i want to talk about dave dave sort of knows one's coming he doesn't know about the other uh jill simonian we've been waiting for this moment uh breathlessly mm. for some time mm -hmm. now 
and um, very exciting. We got uh, we got we got a nibble from PragerU uh, this past week. Um, I guess she had posted this thing on on Instagram a couple of weeks earlier, but I still I don't use Instagram, so I didn't know. And I have a feeling because she didn't get any response, she then posted it on Twitter. And, and oh, she she posted that a week ago, a week before, a week before, like on Insta. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's very. Um, it's basically us talking about you know PragerU and how they're trying to get all their propaganda into schools, and she's just sitting there nodding like that's all she does. Faces. she's like smiling and nodding and making Ooh. faces and and it, it oh. reminds me of like why i don't like things like tiktok not because i think it's for kids i think it's for young younger people to do the thing and there's all these old people on there doing that kind of crap and you're like you don't know you don't you're in a kid's arena you look like an idiot like yeah it's not she's making like giggly like, faces Ooh, uh. yeah it's just so it's just so dumb to watch just act your age somewhere go do a youtube yeah. video and like it's so weird. I just it drives me crazy. Yeah, and then she's like, obviously, obviously they're afraid of us because they're doing this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I would say it's kind of the other way around, lady. And there's a little bit of reason yeah. to be afraid of us, which we're going to get into in uh, probably the next week or two. Um, uh, we've got a really interesting episode coming. Well, up. let me just say this: Not I, that this I one am isn't. afraid of them. <laughs> I am afraid of them in the sense that. Uh, we had a school board meeting and there were a bunch of actual fascists Mm -hmm. at the school board meeting trying to pick Mm -hmm. fights. So yes, I am afraid of you because you are paired up with the worst human beings through history who have existed on the planet. They are a plague on humanity. So yes, I am a little. Yes, correct. Frightened of you from that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the implication is that we're afraid of their the, the amazing ideas that the, they're expressing. No, their ideas are it's it's an idiot box. Every time you open up, you it's like it's like a Russian doll idiot box where you keep opening up a box inside of a box, and it's dumber every time you open it. And here's the thing: I mean, it's interesting. She's particularly interesting because I guess she's in charge of their kids' programming, and she hosts a show called Craftery. And if I were going to say if you really want to just like have your jaw hit the floor, we've done a little compilation video of some of their most absurd shit. But if you go to Prager, you look at their kids show and look up the craftery episodes. They're astonishing. Yeah. Like forget they're the so ideological point of these things, which is absolutely fucking moronic. The idea of like teaching your kids about, you know, uh, uh, Israel's iron dome rocket system, and having them make a toy one. <laughs> The she's theoretically teaching your kids how to make you know patriotic crafts. She's so fucking incompetent. I if you really yeah, I'm, nothing's right. more amazing than their Mount Rushmore. Tr- I can't get over the Mount oh, Rushmore thing, which is a it's... glob of clay with a penny, a nickel, a dime, and a quarter stuck in it. And she does like a ten minute episode to show your kids how to m- make a blob of clay and stick coins in it to show how patriotic. Like any, it's, but imagine. It... it's so it's so dumb on the level of look when you have a kid you realize very quickly like you buy them something that you think they'll love and they spend three days playing with the box like you can't push an agenda of what you want them to be into onto kids and that's what they're doing and it makes no, I look at her and I go, have you ever been a parent? Do you know how kids work? You follow oh, their she's, lead. She's you you do it. But this yeah. is like, this is like this crazy thing of pushing this ideological agenda onto kid. And this is, 
And this is what they're freaking out about with like trans and gay mm-hmm. people, which isn't fucking happening. And it's just the most bizarre thing to watch them not realize they're doing what they hate. Like they're like, yeah, but our ide- yeah. our ideology is good. And you're like, what? right. I don't. Well, their idea somehow grooming in their mind is teachers working with kids and encouraging kids to, to open up and, and be free to be who they are without, without being, you know, and at a certain age, it's like, yeah, let them be whoever they fucking want to be. You know, if well, little Timmy O'Toole wants to wear dresses to school every day, who gives a shit? Let him, that's him. That's not you grooming saying it's okay. What's grooming is taking little Timmy O'Toole, forcing him to dress the way you want to do, and then just ramming like patriotic bullshit down his throat, <laughs> making him make toys out of like, oh my God, I'm not kidding. Israel's Iron Dome. They make a fucking yeah. out of out of some kind of fruit drink thing with a straw. It's it's psychotic. The level of and by the way, it, it looks is. like shit as well because she's incompetent. Like I, I've never. I mean, that is really the thing. As dumb as all the people that that do videos for Prager, you really are. She might be like the peak. The peak dumb. Yeah, and I I want her to continue because there's nothing about what she does that will entice kids into watching she's yeah there's that and also it's the easiest stuff to show someone i go you want to know how bad these guys are here you show them a minute of any of the things she does and oh we read these stories to kids that are so imaginative the stories are not imaginative it's like some kid goes back in time and meets george washington you heard us do that episode and it's like george washington goes uh i was a great president and i love america that is not a story the kids want to hear over and over and over again they want to hear where the wild things are. They want to hear in the night kitchen. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Well, you know what? Idiot. If they want to hear about George Washington, they want to hear about how he had fake teeth and slaves teeth mm-hmm. in his mouth and, and whale teeth. Like that's what kids find interesting. They don't, they're not, they don't care about right. the cherry tree getting whacked down. Yeah, Nobody gives a shit. shit. They like goofy and shit. And as far as like grooming in schools, like we have these people come to our board meetings and they sit there and they yell. And then our board goes, yeah, none of that's being taught in our schools. They just, that's all it has been for three years. People go, CRT, they're doing that. That's not, we don't do that in our schools. Communism, we don't do that in our schools. We don't do that in our schools. It's That's all it is. Somebody, so I can't remember who said the other way. He's like, do you know how fucking hard it is to teach your goddamn kid math? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I don't have time to teach your child to switch his gender. You fucking clowns. The, um, but what's, (laughs) what's the mistake Sorry, and this is going to affect everything that we do from here on out. The big mistake, and she is she the dumbest stump they've got over there? I think she might be. Lady, you told us you're listening to the show. Yeah. She's an idiot. <laughs> She's a fucking idiot. Uh, anyway, here's the thing Dave doesn't know we're going to get into, and I don't even know if he knows this happened. I wouldn't know about it. And this sort of ties in a lot of our interests because it does relate to the WGA strike, which uh, we have talked about here because we're, you know, we're screenwriters, TV writers. Um, you know, I go out and I march on the line and Dave surfs. Uh, but it also ties into some Prager stuff we did. Remember, remember that guy we did that episode a little while ago, Dave? Do you remember a gentleman named Bill Maher? Yeah, he's one of my favorites. He's got, is it a podcast? It's a video thing where he invites people into his like man cave and it's really dimly lit and he smokes it's pot. A, I think he, it's both. I think it's a podcast and a video thing. Okay. So he had John Hamm on recently and uh, they they got into it about some stuff. And uh, I got to say, I, I've always liked John Hamm and I'm, I'm disappointed 
I'm not disappointed when people go on a shitty show. It's like, that's what you got to do. But I'm a little disappointed in him. He, he tries to sort of pull out a win at one point and not be as awful as Bill. But in the end, they both succumb to it. But I, I want to show, this is just a couple of minutes of, of the two of them talking about the writer's strike uh, that um, Dave, Dave needs to see. And I thought we would play it and watch his head explode. So you ready, you ready for this, David? Yes. Mm-hmm. No. No, but yeah. I mean, the strike we're in now is a good indication of it. How everything has become politicized. This strike is not just a strike about writers. Of course, it is that. And and there is a, a, a definitely a need for a new model with the streaming industry. Okay. But, I mean, the way they characterize themselves is, you know, oh, we can't make a, a living wage. Well, there are people who actually can't. Writers are making a living wage. So I, I say it Stop. all the time. When I- Stop. Stop. They are not making a living fucking wage. That's why we're on strike. They are not making a living wage. This guy lives in the fucking 80s. The reason writers are on strike is because writers are not making a living wage. They have used the gig model, the fucking Uber model, and put it upon writers. Writers are now put in mini rooms. They're not getting their fucking benefits. They're not getting the same amount of money. It is literally and 100% not making a living wage. You old fuck. You have fucking writers on your goddamn staff. You piece of shit. Go ahead. I'm fine. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's the thing. His writers, I would imagine, for the most part, have been working on the show forever. And so they're they making have. a decent living. Yeah. And look, there are plenty of writers who make a decent living. I make a decent living. You know, it's like, they, it's, it, 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 it's, but there are, and the problem is the people who make the, the more of a good living you make in, in Hollywood, the more high profile you are and the more you come to represent your craft. But the fact is the rank and file majority of the writers guild is struggling to get by and more so now than they ever have been. Um, in, in there all are people areas. who have shows on Netflix who are on unemployment. Yeah. Who are living in one bedroom because apartments system, and barely, if, if at yeah. all, able to make ends meet. Because the system has been obliterated. And the way it's supposed to exist is that you write on a show, you get residuals to keep you afloat until the next time you get a job. And the studio then has a pool of unemployed writers to pick from. That's gone. Yeah. And these guys should know that and they don't. And I'm embarrassed that, that John Hamm doesn't know that because it's like, yeah, you worked on a show that was a hit and people got, I'm sure, paid pretty well to write for Mad Men, even though Mad Men was like a, it's a funny thing. I mean, I love the show. 12 people watched it, but the right demographic did. So it was a very yeah. prestigious show and I think people got paid well on it. But, you know, do you not have any friends who uh, aren't? Well, like, let's see. I haven't heard him say it because I started, I started yelling before he started talking. So. Okay. He kind of, yeah. I talk about how, you know, it must be so hard to do what you do. I'm like, I'm not a lead miner. Right. You know what I mean? It's there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of harder gigs. Exactly. And and gigs that are less well paid. Stop. Look, stop, stop. Look. (laughs) The number of hours you have to put in sometimes as a writer is fucking extraordinary. Go tell me that working on community with alcohol McDruggy wasn't a fucking nightmare job where you had to sit there for 18 hours in a fucking office. Is that easy? Is that, are you a lead miner? No. Are you fucking under a heinous working situation? Yes. 
But by the way, yes, even there even are more tons of that. jobs in writing that fucking suck yeah. and are a nightmare. Am I? Am I? Is are they lugging coal out of a mine? No, but it doesn't mean it doesn't suck. And is it hard? Well, also, but even if it doesn't suck, is that the metric? Like, if you're not doing a job that is just brutally physically demolishing your body, you don't deserve yeah. to make a living wage. You no, know, it's, it's like, yeah, what is it, like you big sissy. If you don't, if you don't like the fact that you don't get paid to write a TV show that, that millions of people watch. Why don't you go make money by working in a lead mine? Is that what it, it's like? Fuck, fuck the it's fuck dumb. off. And also he's it's, it's like, yeah, his job, like he's sitting there. If I were, if I were a fellow actor, even if I were a fellow actor who made more than John Hamm, that would piss me the fuck off. It's like yeah. you, you take some pride in what you do. Not every job has to be physically debilitating to be demanding to be worthy of compensation, you know? Yeah. And I know that feeling. It's like, there's, I've been saying my entire life. It's like, I'm so lucky I don't have to work a real job. And, and yeah, you know, I get to make shit up. I get to play. I get to live in, I get to like stay in the state of suspended adolescence to tap into, you know, my imagination. And is that better than every fucking shitty job I had before I got to do it? Yes. And then the fact that I get paid, yes. Does that mean that, that I don't deserve to make a living at it. You, you produce shit that, that brings in profit for large government. Of course you do. Of course you fucking do. It's, it's, there's a lot of self-loathing going on right there with John Hamm. I'm, I love my writers and all writers, and I am a writer, so I'm very sympathetic, but also let's just keep it real. And also, let's not make it, but they already did, a proxy war for our bigger politics. That's what's different about this strike. And I the see what you're saying. See, this, this it is, is it kind is of exactly. that. It is exactly that. We are the highest profile right now just by nature of the fact that we are in entertainment and people care about that stuff in a way they don't care about, unfortunately, you know, people who work at Amazon, although that's been getting some press and that's great. But we are... Uh, involved in a battle that all those other companies are also, all those other unions are also involved in against massive corporate structures that want to turn all of us into just gig workers. That is the consistent thread throughout this. And that is the war that is being fought here and why it's so important that a high profile strike like ours succeed. It is a fucking proxy war, you fucking clown. <laughs> it's it's hard to even argue that. Like the... The fact that he can bring this up just, it just, he's like the fact that he said, I love writers, I'm a writer. No, you're not. Yeah, you're not. You don't. Bill Maher isn't a writer. Bill Maher doesn't sit down and write scripts. Bill, Bill Maher helps with jokes, and mostly he doesn't. It's just garbage. But he doesn't understand or care. This is him going into his ideological thing before the facts, before reality. <laughs> he's just yeah. now pushing an agenda. This is about like, oh, we're, we must be perfectly right because we're on the side of the working man. And then you see like rock bands out there playing for the picket lines. And it's that, you know, it, it, like it's Dylan with the, like you say, with Woody Minor. Guthrie and this, this machine kills fascists. Like, yeah. Sorry, what, what the fuck is wrong with the, it's that Aaron Sorkin thing where it's like, what really bothers me is I look out there and people are having fun. You have bands to. have always bands have always done this for labor. This is like a thing that has always existed. What so so? Well, I guess it was Imagine Dragons that played. So they they don't Tom have Morello. Dylan type yeah. songs or or Phil Oaks. Like so, they shouldn't Neither. be out there. They're showing yeah. their support. Fuck off. Shut up. Yeah, it's exactly right. They're doing what they can to show support for people in another in another business. 
it's, it's, um, yeah, it's astonishing. And it's just that, but it is such a right wing. This is indistinguishable from a Rush Limbaugh rant from yes. like, the last strike. It's indistinguishable. Yes. <laughs> I agree with that. That can get a little intolerable oh. in its case. But I think what you said at the beginning is correct. And I think that the only other times that this has happened, and I was having this conversation with a very fancy group of people at some point, but I, it, you look back at the history of when this, this has gotten into a strikey kind of situation. No, this. Oh. <laughs> and the last time the actors and the writers got together to do this was 1960, when it was about residuals 60? and reruns 1960 was when both of them went on strike at the same time wow and that every other strike since then has been at a significant sea change in the industry in the 80 in the 80s uh i remember this because because uh letterman went off the air and i was like what's this writer's strike what right. do you mean i was 15 16 years old yeah i remember that one. You remember what the reason was cable tv yes what are we going to do about cable tv right. it's going to ruin television right, right. it's going to ruin television then what was 2007 we'll ruin our about gig in it dvds home video right it's going to ruin our gig it's going to ruin our gig Four years later, you couldn't sell a DVD if it, if right. it was made out of gold. I, I don't know. They're just kind of babbling here, and they don't get anywhere except... Let's let it finish, because this is a really, really dumb exchange. So what are we doing now? It's another sea change in the industry, and it's got to be sorted out. And right. you talk about it as an existential crisis, because both sides are saying, well, hey, we can't pay the bills. So, before I get that, so, so Bill's whole thing is kind of like, yeah, it's always something. Yeah, it's always something. Technology makes changes and we try to adapt and, and, and anticipate and keep ourselves from getting destroyed by those changes. You know, that's not, that's, it's not a, that is not proof that we are a capricious guild that just goes on strike every time something new happens. It means that like every time something new happens, we have to anticipate how are they going to try to fuck us? Because they will, <laughs> and how do we anticipate that and cut it off? At the, and that's the job, and that's what's going on. For instance, right but, now with AI, we have people who really understand how that'll hurt us and hurt actors even more and directors even more. And we're like, we got to get on this now. And Bill Barr's like, yeah, that's right. That's what they always do. Yeah. So he said, there, both sides are saying they're not making any money. Oh yeah, this gets even better. Do you want to hear the rest so, of it? So, so Ed. Ed Solomon wrote uh, Men in Black. Yes, I love I love where you go. I know where you're going. And he put up a post of the day explaining how uh, it's. I think it's made. Uh, it's gen, it's made over. It's like made like six hundred million dollars. And Sony's uh, <laughs> Sony's accounting says that it has lost six hundred million dollars. Oh, Ed stands to make so much fucking money the instant Men in Black makes a profit. <laughs> He's so actually been lost tweeting about that for years. He gets a imagine, new statement and he posts it. <laughs> imagine saying what he just said. Both sides aren't making, say they're not making money. Knowing that shit like this goes on with everybody. What yeah. the uh, uh, X-Files had to sue because that was losing money. Uh, they they had right. to like sue to get their, so th this is, so this is the two sides. You're like people who work to try to, you know, write stuff. Oh, and the companies who clearly lie out of their fucking asshole constantly to screw over everybody. They're also saying they're not making money. Who the fuck just flat out says that 
as uh, if cue up, you just cue up made our a favorite point. president saying there are good people on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my God. And you're like, the bills are getting paid. And in fact, the, the C-suites are making tens of millions of dollars in salary. They don't, they're, not, they're not missing a meal. Right. But neither are you guys. Right. And that's where, no. yeah, you know, for a minute I'm like, oh, good. He's acknowledging they're going to be, we're not missing a meal. What the, they're again, not the back listening. of that thing. Yeah. This is, you know what this, this, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the people who are like students. You look, you took, you took the student loan. You got to pay it back. There are people right. who have pay, taken out a $30,000 student loan, have paid back $60,000 and now owe $200,000. It's that fucking bad. So yeah. they, they're just not listening to the reality of what the people are saying and why they're on strike. Nobody wants to go on strike. They do it because they have to. It's interesting and, you bring that and, up because because it's it's one of those issues, like the, the student loan thing. If all you know, and this is, what, this is how the other side can frame it so easily and get support. If you don't think about it at all, wait, you took a loan to go to college and you don't want to pay it back? Fuck you. I can make, that's an easy argument to sell to someone who's completely disinterested and doesn't know anything about the subject. Mm-hmm. You got to take 15 seconds to actually look into it to see what we're actually talking about. But it's yeah. easy to sell that to people who are disinterested. It is even easier to sell that same audience on the idea that people who work in TV and movies are living glorified, wealthy existences because that's all we ever see. Nobody's... You know, People Magazine isn't doing cover stories on the writing staff of some, you know, mid-level show that, you know, all of whom are like, you know, spending three nights a week at a, at a food bank to, to shore up the income that they're not making. Like you only yeah. see the people who are successful. So it's easy if you're a right-wing rhetorician to sell the notion that all these people are, but the fact that these guys are in the business. In the business. They're selling this but- stuff. It's like, are you working for someone or are you really this fucking oblivious to the people on whose backs you have climbed to get to where you are? But, but what, this is a great example of the inequality within the business. These guys, like he said, he hung out with a bunch of fancy people and talked about this, right? He did hang out with a bunch of fancy people and talk about it. He didn't hang out with a bunch of struggling people and talk about it. Right. So they're just talking to each other. All these are all rich people talking to each other saying it's fine. Neither one of them have any concept. They're not hanging out with anybody who is struggling in the business. Anybody at yeah. all. Yeah. And they haven't for years. And so they have no idea what's going on. And no writer's going to be like, hey, man, here's what's going on. Because they, they don't want to upset uh, Ham and, and have him not sign on to the script at some point or whatever. Like Exactly. Yeah. And I keep flashing back. I, I uh, Oh, man. I remember going to the Writers Guild Awards a, a million years ago. And James Garner was there talking. Um, I think they were giving a Lifetime Award to Stephen Cannell. Uh, who had created Rockford Files, among many other great shows. And and he was, Garner was fired up and he's apparently always been this guy, which is great. But he just, he talked about how people are always coming up to him and talking about what an amazing job he did creating the character of Jim Rockford. And he's like, I didn't create the fucking character, fucking writers did. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, understand whose backs you're on. Understand like who you're, you, you, my God, there's, there's one of the great iconic TV characters. John Hamm got to play Don Draper. I can't imagine another actor playing it. It's an amazing feat of casting. He's perfect in it. 
everything about it. It's like guaranteed the people who, who created the character and wrote the character are so grateful that they found the right actor for it. But it's like, know whose back you're sitting on, know whose back you're climbing on. You would not be on the, Bill Meyer wouldn't give a fuck about talking to you if you hadn't lucked into that perfect part that was created by writers. And, yeah. oh God, just, just have some fucking respect. They're out there. Take a minute and find out why they're out there before yapping off. It, ugh. So let's <laughs> all yes. take a step back and understand that you have valid points. Right. And exactly. That, and that AI is a real thing that right. ain't going away. Right. It's not going to uninvent itself. No. <laughs> no, exactly. It's yes. just a new technology yes. that is going to be used yes. in support of the human brain. I that, hope. That in the way that word processes. That is such a great dissertation on that. Somebody should write that as an op-ed or something. To just to sh you're exactly right. There is a theme to this, and that. By the way, Bill Bill Maher's the most amazing suck up. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with what Ham said. It's just it's not that brilliant. He's cracking up like he's like sitting across the thing from Don Rickles. And like oh, you should write that up as an op-ed. He just said AI is here. We're gonna to have to figure out how to deal with it. That should be an op-ed in the New York Times. That should be a, that should be a Time magazine cover piece. My God, I'm so fortunate to be in a room with someone as brilliant as you, John Ham. That theme is every time the new technology, the new comes paradigm shift, we fucking shit our pants when we could. And this is what bothers me about this: the governor of this state could do what politicians used to do, called jawboning. He could get these two parties in a room he, and say, "Listen, I'm the governor of this state. This Figure it out. This industry is a little important to this state. We're kind of known for it." Yeah. You know, Hollywood making magic, silver screen. In the same way, I bet, not to keep it bringing it back to the mining class, but I'm sure back in the old days, they strike did. busters and the Pemberton guards or whatever they were called. And right. The, and, the, and, the, and the miners and the Pemberton. crossing the lines and yep. the scabs and the whole thing. I'm sure the governor of Pennsylvania had something to say about it. Of course. And what he would say. Stop. Stop. Yeah, should we talk about Christ why the governor of California is not doing anything? Oh my God, you dumb ignorant. Oh my God. The governor, <laughs> the governors would bring in the fucking goons. Yeah, to the Pembertons. Labor. The, the Pemberton. The Pickertons, goons. dumbass. The Johnny, Johnny Pemberton, the comedian. Like, what in the, what in the, how do you look, man? If you're, if you're an actor, it's already a pretty scary place for you to start talking about history. But, uh, don't do it on camera, <laughs> dude. Get an education and then start talking about the Pembertons. <laughs> I just like the governors. I've never been Labor's friend. They're put in. They're put in power by the rich, and then they crush. Every once in a while, you got a governor that was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm here for the workers." But no, for the most part, they were there to crush and destroy the workers, and they used the cops to do so, and they worked with the Pinkertons. I just, I, you listen to this and these guys have no idea what they're talking about. And also like, what does he think the governor's going to do by putting these two sides in a room? So you want the workers to sit in a room with a guy making $50 million and say, what? Well, he, he, thinks scraps, that, he, he thinks that, well, that's what they do is they get together with the negotiating committee and they're not talking to us right now. But he thinks that like, yeah, like as though the Calico Newsom is, ambivalent to what's going on that he supports both sides. right the fuck out of here his, his bread is buttered on he's gonna stay out of this he's gonna stay out of it because um, he's he's, he's with he's the not rich guys stand up for the writers he's gonna make the occasional no. statement about how important writers are and then go back to his but jesus christ 
You're expecting a government like the to only, come in and... The only thing the government can do to stop things like this is to go in and force the rich to... This has happened with railroads. Dozens of times in American history, there have been strikes, and the government takes over the railroads. Right. And has them functioning and forces the uh, the top railroad guys to give in because the railroads have always been villains and the bad guys. No, so the only Joe time Biden the government steps in is not to make the workers agree to something. It's to make the rich give them some fucking scraps. So what in the fuck are they talking like, about? Like Get what Joe Biden did in. last year with, uh, when right. he came in and, and helped out all those railway workers. Yeah, he really helped them out by just fucking yeah. them endlessly. Is might not have been the smartest and he might no. have had one side over the other but, but they, either way what they would basically say and what newsom should say is <clears throat> look you we're not going to do this forever right can we agree on that let's say that they're just starting with okay if we're not going to do it forever then at some point you guys are going to compromise because i know neither one of you is going to give up everything so let's pretend it's three months later and this is really where it's going to end up without all this posturing and all and the kabuki ha of whatever it is listen to weezer play to you on the news <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or whatever the fuck, and no one wants to destroy your sweater. That's a Weezer reference. They aren't they're negotiating. Uh, they're not negotiating, and and the notion that you can just get in and go, okay, pretend it's six months from now and let's straighten it out. Like the, well, he's fucking, he's got to know what is the period? Is it ten weeks after ten? There's a period at which <sighs> I should prep for this shit. <laughs> There's a period, but where, where the studios can force majeure means they can cancel a bunch of deals that they have with showrunners and, and, and yeah. producers and stuff after a period of time goes by and during a strike. And some of this is them going, yeah, we want to get rid of these things. Yeah. And, and we are, you know, and they know they're going to get, or they believe they're going to get a better deal the longer it goes because we're going to get hungrier and more desperate. And on our end, it's like, you're holding out to see, you know, like, yeah, how are you going to go when you don't have, God help me for using this word, content to release to the degree that you did before? We're going to hit you in the wallet. And and that's, you can't just sit down with people and go pretend all that has already happened. It doesn't yeah. work that way. A child thinks that's how you fucking end a strike. It's absolutely moronic. But anyway, I thought you'd enjoy that, Dave. That, that I mean... It's just two rich guys who are just distanced from, you know, the working class talking. I mean, this is what America is. This is what our media is. They all sit around and talk and, and they're all from Harvard and Yale and they're all making millions of dollars and they all talk about how things are. It's the same thing. The trans thing is uh, the New York Times, uh, you know, different uh, uh, media companies sit down and they and they discuss trans people and there's no fucking trans person in the room. And they all just talk about them and nobody talks to them. This is the same thing as this. It's all the same rich, out of touch people talking about things they know nothing about as if they know about them and they don't. Yeah. Yeah. And just a reminder in case you've missed an episode and are wondering why we're talking about Bill Maher on a uh, mm. podcast about Prager U. We did an episode a couple of weeks ago um, breaking down how many. Prager you videos there are that start off with Bill Maher ranting and railing against mm -hmm. the left. They love him over there. And um, uh, he's earned it. He has earned it. Um, he has. He is, uh, he is a friend to the right. And don't delude yourself uh, otherwise. Um, let's move on. Uh, so this week we're doing another, uh, uh, this one is less thematic, uh, much like last week's. 
We brought in um, our friend, comedian Lisa Curry. Um, really like her, man. We really like her. You, you, she came to us through you, right? You guys were friends for a yeah, while. Was that she's a good recollection? Because she had been on our other show. And since then, like I've, I've, I've done her, uh, her podcast. She has a podcast on, on Sirius XM. So like, that's very respectable, I guess. Is that it? Or, mm-hmm. Sure. I guess. Uh, called long story long. Um, it's, it's terrific. Um, it really is. She brings people in and they talk about work they do and, and, uh, how they got to do the work they do. And they're all sort of interesting folks. They're actually, they're all kind of brilliant, uh, self-effacing and good looking folks. I would say, um, I, I did an episode. Has she had you on, Dave? Have you been on that? Are you? No, no, I, I refuse oh. to partake. You should achieve course. something. Maybe if you achieve something, she'll have you on. I think is yeah, what we'll it is. I'm not interested. It's, in that it's got awkward. I'm, I'm really sorry, but I'm she's a wonderful work, comedian. Not the. <laughs> That's why you're surfing everybody to support your union. Um, but she's great, uh, and we did to her what we always do. In fact, anytime Dave and I uh, find that we share deep and abiding respect and affection for somebody, uh, we tie them to a chair and we force them to watch PragerU videos. So that's right. Um, Lisa's wonderful. She's a hilarious, hilarious comedian. Uh, and you can follow her on Instagram at Olympian Lisa Curry, uh, which is where you can also find out like where she's going to be appearing live. Um, and uh, I think we stumbled across the title for her autobiography in this episode but we'll let you yeah. figure it out when you listen to it uh, it's a good one folks and we'll be back next week i think next week i think we'll be almost ready we're doing a kind of uh, interesting a bit of a different one um we've been teasing it for a while but uh yeah you definitely don't want to miss next you don't want to miss you don't want to meet do you ever is there a single episode of this you want to miss dave yeah sorry no <laughs> By the way, unless you're Jill Simonian, in which case you want to miss all of them. But um, have we mentioned that she is the dumbest stump over at PragerU? I can't believe yeah. like if they if they knew how bad she was, I think they'd get rid of her. And then what would she do for a living? How would this one make a living if she wasn't doing incompetent craft shows and uh, uh, dredging up um, hatred against trans and gay people? Uh, I don't know what she'd do for a living. Um, absolute moron. Anyway. Shall we do it? Yeah. Hey there, it's David Sirota, host of Lever Time, the flagship podcast from the award-winning investigative news outlet, The Lever. In politics, there's a complex web of money, influence, and greed that corrupts our democracy. Lever Time is an unflinching examination of the latest news events and issues that often go unrecognized and unreported by corporate media. We interview a variety of guests and experts across media and politics, and we hold the powerful accountable. Some recent interviews include Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, comedian David Cross, progressive leader Nina Turner, and artificial intelligence expert Dr. Max Tegmark. So if you're looking for a true independent voice in political media, check out Levertime. Go to levertimepod.com or search Levertime on your podcast player to subscribe. If you finally had enough of hippie college left-wing fluff, get yourself a real degree from Prager University. Can we can we just throw you in? I'm debating which. I've got two videos here. I'm debating which yeah. one I want to show you first. Oh boy. 
Now, um, with it, we're talking about Mar, right? What? Aren't we? Isn't are we also doing Mar Mar right now? Or is this no, we're we just did, showing? We different did that already. We did I that already. That's what what she was in addition to that. No, she's not talking about Bill Maher. You're acting like that's crazy when you don't know what she did. So you're an idiot. What did you do? What did I do? She didn't. Yeah, with Bill when Maher. Real time when she oh, made. Oh yeah, when I made the episode of Real Time. She made a real time episode. You did? Oh yeah, no, I Wait. remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. It was something. But why? What, yeah. Okay, go ahead. We just did a thing on Bill Maher. That's all because Prager University loves him. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, we're just Prager we're just him. we're showing her we're showing her video. So the whole the whole thing is just, just like Dave isn't seeing this either. There's no it's coming. We're gonna show you the video and just like you know stop me when you want to stop and freak out or yeah, just put your hand up. You'll you'll get it. Um, let's go with this one. Let's go with this one. We're gonna start here. We just got two. They're only five minutes, but it'll take it'll take way longer than. That through this shit how you doing you good i'm good i'm good <laughs> she's so anxious right now i'm good i'm yeah. nervous for what i'm about to see after that video jesus christ Whoops. Hold on. Have, Why did that have you watched any prager u videos Mm-mm. you no, never have i mean i went on the i went on the website and was kind of like looking around to see what it is but there's so many mm-hmm. there's just so many choices yeah, yeah. They, can get, they can get debilitating. Ward Cleaver, the iconic father in the 1950s TV show Leave it to Beaver, is a stud. I'm quite serious. And no, this isn't about nostalgia for America in the 1950s. This is about a man of his time, yet timeless. But to appreciate him, we first have to get past the noise. Jim Garrity, uh, political, senior political writer for the National Review, talking about what's... Can I just... Uh, we might have the same question... Lisa, um, yeah, let Lisa go. She's the, our guest. What's the noise? <laughs> what's the noise? And also, first of all, no one is discussing what's no. this Ward Cleaver. No one. It's not part of. Uh, the no, we're discussing what's sexy. Right now. We're talking about sexy men. We're not talking about. Also, who can so, I can't even picture what he I, looks like because he's from <laughs> so far ago, and he's a fictional character. Yeah. Well, Lisa, so I guess I'm, I'm a little confused. So when you go to like a Hollywood party, people aren't mm-hmm. talking about Ward Cleaver? You know what? Now that you put it that way, uh, also right? no. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even I know his name was Ward. Yeah. For a I university, quote unquote university, that's trying to reach like, you know, kids and younger folks. Ward Cleaver is from a show that went off the air in 1963. Dude, have you even heard of Leave It to Beaver, Lisa? Yeah, at least, at least if we're going to go off of like fictional characters, let's go with Sam Malone or like (laughs) a show from the 90s. Well, yeah, but I think, I think you'll see, I think you'll see that Sam would be qualified at all. A loud corner of American culture has been rebelling against the image of the 1950s since, so, the 1950s. Most of that scorn has been directed at the Aussie and Harriet image of American suburban bliss, and specifically dad. Well, enough already. Can we at least entertain the idea that in the rejection of that stereotypical 1950s suburban dad image, we threw some metaphorical babies out with the bathwater? 
that if today's men modeled Ward Cleaver, America and the world would be better places? I have to say, sure. really quick, for anyone <laughs> listening, they, they just had two silhouettes of men side by side, one in a suit and one in a t-shirt. And then when he was uh, talking about how men used to be, the t-shirt turns into a suit as well. This yeah. is something I've talked about a lot where like these psychos on the right are always like romanticizing the 1950s. And then you like these people that are like, you know, make America great again with this visualization of what people should dress like. They're always in some, they're looking like some duck dynasty fucking shit. I'm like, you have the option to, we have not taken away the option for men to wear suits. You are in full control of this. this is what true. are you talking about? Men yeah. don't dress like this anymore? Okay, then dress like that then. If that's what you want to see, go do a fucking... Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's driving me out of my mind. <laughs> no, these are the guys who, who fantasize that we all wear suits on planes, but they're in flip-flops and shorts. Exactly. <laughs> and and camo, camo shorts, to be more yeah. specific. Paired with current pop icons, he comes across as boring and buttoned down. But it's a uh, current pop icon, I want to say, is, I mean, these are all sort of like weird silhouettes. Um, yeah. Who's the guy yeah, who did no I wear face. my sunglasses at night? Remember that from like the, the 80s? Oh, it sorry. looks like him. Like that's your, your radical yeah. uh, hipster there. Uh, what was Also, even Corey? like pop icons well, he, of the like... time he seems boring against. Uh, yeah. Does, this, does a, a plain gray suit really stand out against Elvis? Yeah, Come a little on. Richard. Well, they're saying that Elvis is yeah. like one of the Lost Boys. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a yeah. A very incomplete picture of Ward Cleaver. We can also say this: he's a man who takes care of business. What the fuck is happening? Excuses. What do you it's mean he's taking? What the fuck are you talking about? It's Ward fucking Cleaver. He's taking care of business. It's an what the better, fuck are you doing? Like playing pretend. <laughs> This motherfucker, this fucking guy, what he called up Prager U and he's like, I want to do a thing about Ward Cleaver. And they're like, okay, whose idea was this? It's what called the sexiest doing? man alive. And he's talking about a fictional Jesus. character who, by the way, fucking would be Christ. dead for many decades now were he real. He doesn't oh whine. He doesn't brood in defeat. Oh, he boy. knows that his hard work and persistence will eventually win the day, if not this he day. He doesn't, there is no defeat. It's leave it to Beaver. Also, this guy looks like a grown-up Beaver. <laughs> but Bonnie's not simply even, outgrown. Yeah. He never had any interest in perpetuating his own adolescence. By the way, wearing a How suit you know and that? shirt. And, but the shirt's unbuttoned. He doesn't have a t-shirt. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have a tie on. But how does he know that, how does he know that Ward Cleaver did not have an extended adolescence? When we meet Ward Cleaver, He's an older, exactly. middle-aged guy. You don't know what he was like. What is yeah. this guy is just making? Sh this guy is making shit up about Ward fucking Cleaver. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Imagine he's doing fan fiction prequels to leave it to me. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! This is. Here's a, here's another thing about this. He's fantasizing about what, or like over romanticizing what who Ward Cleaver was and how uh, how he, his work ethic and whatever. I'm like, take a look at what you're doing right now as a grown man. Yeah. 
Ward Cleaver would You're be so not handling business. You. Ward Cleaver <laughs> would never go to a little studio and do a video about <laughs> About the fucking the childhood character? of some, some character on an old radio show he used to listen I went, to. I'm waiting for this guy to say Ward Cleaver didn't get cut up, caught up in petty bullshit. Oh, fuck. He's a grown-up who accepts marriage and fatherhood as the life of an adult. Now, we can quibble about his methods, but we can't dispute that he loves his wife and kids. They know he loves them, and that he tries to do what's best for them, usually pretty successfully. What is not in dispute is that he's the man of the house, and he wears that title with pride. And everyone, including his wife, likes that fact. Ward wasn't alone. Sometimes he has to hit her to keep her in line. I just... This idea that you have to be married and have kids to be an adult, I'm like, this guy... Isn't it? You know what bothers me? This guy's employed, and I'm not. Listen to this fucking child. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like you don't, you, you're not a fully functioning member of society until you've uh, pair bonded until and reproduced. Also, yeah, like- and, and he's, uh, he's getting into the, um, oh God, what was the name of that group? Well, I can't remember now, but, uh, you know, they, they believe that the man, the man is in control. Insane. Of the house <laughs> and she, <laughs> the insane people, yeah. insane. they're uh, like, she's. She's happy to be subservient to war. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that's I think you're thinking of now. Christians, Catholics. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> uh, wow. So I'm just, I was just looking up Hugh Beaumont. I should have done this before. We never do any research. Hugh Beaumont, who played Ward, began his career in show business by performing in theaters, nightclubs, and on the radio. So... Um, probably has a little more in common with Lisa Curry than with this gentleman. Here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a show person. A show person. What a loser. There are lots of other iconic dads of that era. Ozzie Nelson of The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. Jim Anderson from Father Knows Best. And one oh could argue God. George Bailey in the 1946 film, It's a Wonderful Life. Wait, a suicide wait, film, wait. by the way. A what? A suicide? I, said, I, also... I will say to the end of the time, I... That is a movie about suicide. It is not a Christmas movie. <laughs> they don't even mention Christmas until like an hour and a half into the fucking movie. <laughs> well, it's also, it's also, you know, we did a, I worked at a movie theater years ago and we were doing a, a there was some Occupy thing going on. That's how far, from how, far, how far back it goes. And we were trying to come up with a movie to show against the wall of a building for this sort of like Occupy film festival. Mm-hmm. And the number one film that we came up with, the most sort of like, you know, personify that movement was it's a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. It's all about the fucking evil banker coming and destroying the town of like what happens when capitalism runs unchecked. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird when these people latch onto it, they really don't understand that film. Mm-hmm. They were grownups who had already been through a great depression. And in many cases grown-ups. were veterans of world war two or later the Korean war. So Waking up screaming in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's more manly than watching your friend get shot to death. Yeah. I'm sorry, Lisa, you were saying what about grown-ups? <laughs> oh, any adult that uses the term grown-ups, which is a child's term, uh, uh-huh. is, is not in fa- uh, themselves a grown-up. Ooh, touche. Their archetype outlasted oh, the 1950s. Wait. wait. Ward 
Ward Cleaver in the show did not have a defined career. He was a businessman of some sort and wore a suit and tie to work, but we do not know exactly where he went. It was left. It was left up to the audience imagination. That's amazing. There's a great, great line. One of Hitchcock's best films, Shadow of a Doubt, uh, Joseph Cotton's character, who's actually a serial killer, but we don't know that yet. Uh, is asked to give a speech at a, at a woman's something or other. You know, they used to have these women's clubs. And someone said, what does he do? And I remember this line forever. I love it. Uh, she goes, he's in business. You know, the way men are. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a Ward Cleaver. Ward Cleaver is a businessman. Sure. Yeah. How are you even doing this too after Mad Men? Like, how are you? Right? Oh, yeah, no kidding. Because all of these characters, this actually looks like Mad Men, like like outtakes from Mad Men credit sequence here. Yeah, it totally. And these does. faceless people in suits. Steve Douglas of My Three Sons, Mike Brady of The Brady oh, Bunch, him, yeah. Howard Cunningham of Happy <laughs> I'm Days, sorry. and Cliff Huxtable in The oh. Cosby Show. We're talking TV. What? <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> Even on the show, wasn't he running a a gynecology office out of his basement? Wasn't that his job? (laughs) Yes, he was. (laughs) You know why they did that. So before any of this, it still wasn't. Even then, it wasn't a good. But you know why they went there. Because someone was like, these guys are all white. And the only show they could think of. That had a black man living out this character. They couldn't character even say George idolizing. Jefferson. He was a business right, owner. Well, because he was a buffoon, <laughs> is the thing. But and, and but they couldn't come up with someone. So yeah. the only black uh-huh. guy they'd come up with was Cosby. Key characters. Oh my here god. Shared similar traits. So just the character he's talking about. He's making it very clear. Right. He's not. He's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, those, oh, these well, guys loved Bill Cosby. They loved him. Because remember, they, towards they, the end, he would walk around and complain about like, and uh, they love him even black more. Black kids now. with their baggy shorts. Yeah, <laughs> Cliff Huxtable. Oh my God, you didn't go there. Like all human beings who have ever lived and whoever will live, these men had flaws, but in the end, they were solid and dependable. <laughs> if you had to summarize them in one word, that word would be responsible. Maybe they seem like <laughs> Cliff Huxtable is responsible for a lot of shit. <laughs> Is this how little he thinks of actual living men that he has? <laughs> like, there's no one in real history that you think set a good enough example that you're coming yeah, up with. Yeah, let's, let's parse that from there. Because, like, why isn't he naming real human beings, real men from recent history? And it's probably because yeah. real, real men actually are much more complicated and fucked up than these characters. So he's saying they had flaws, but it's like, you know, he doesn't know any actual men who live the way these characters do because there are none. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like such throwbacks now it's, because it's so kinda... much of our culture has thoroughly embraced irresponsibility. But if you ask women what they really want in a man. Oh, yes. Let's do that before we get the answer here, Lisa. <laughs> I mean, ideally, somebody that keeps me in my place. Has a vague business job, carries a briefcase, and I see him for like 15 minutes a night when after I make him dinner. And that's it. And he's, a gr- he's a grown up, right? He's a grown up. Or at least those women who have outgrown their adolescent <laughs> fascination am. with bad boys. 
Oh. <laughs> Adolescent fascination. Sir, I've got some bad news for you and my therapist. <laughs> oh my God. In heaven. There's so much there's so much personal pain going on with this guy right now. They may not say Ward He's Cleaver, so but they'll describe most, if not all, of his <laughs> That is my safe word, actually. Ward Cleaver. So I do say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i want that to be real i want someone to have that as your safe word it's so good. Uh, you can't you can't how are you not <sighs> don't say his son's full name whatever you do don't say beaver cleaver that's all just don't say it, don't say it. trustworthy Smart, confident, sure. but not smug. Sure. Funny and capable of laughing at himself. A man who's successful at work, but not a workaholic. A man who likes children, but is not a child himself. Perhaps most. I would say my number one requirement is that he doesn't make dipshit videos that, like that this. That would be a start. That would be a start. <laughs> be a start. <laughs> Importantly, devoted to his family. Mm -hmm. It's an indisputably masculine figure. And make no mistake, that's what most. Stop indisputably masculine to his family. Right. Would you like to yeah. talk about devoted oh. to his family? Yes. Hugh Beaumont, <laughs> Hugh Beaumont was always yes. professional on the set and friendly to kids, but he harbored a deep sadness that he blamed on the show. He lived with his family part of the year in Minnesota, and he usually drove his crew to L.A. when it was time to work. However... Because filming on Leave it to Beaver began rather abruptly after the pilot sold, Beaumont had to fly to California, leaving his son Hunter to drive his wife and her mother out west. Hunter lost control of the car along the way, and Beaumont's mother-in-law was killed in the crash. Oh, I mean, what a lucky crash. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get that precise in a car wreck? Jesus. Yeah, I know, right? Asking for Sign a friend. Did it. Sign you did it better than I ever could have. Women want and what all children need. Now, I'm not saying that the Ward Cleavers of the world are off limits to criticism or even mockery. There are no oh. Ward Cleavers in the world. Mm -mm, right. Zero. There are none. None. There's no Ward Cleavers. The Ward Cleaver that he's thinking of is molesting someone or doing something terrible. Mm -hmm. The guys yeah. who have that front are generally fucked up. I'm just pointing out that there was a time not that long ago when men were expected to work hard, be good husbands, neighbors, and friends, to raise We're all expected Sorry. to work hard, motherfucker. It's America. We're fucking and working be ourselves good to death. Friends yeah. and be good parents and be yeah, good in a relationship. Just read yesterday that not retiring is the new retiring. We're working for yeah, 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 yeah. What does he think that you know it is? They they look at they look at these kids today. You look at these kids today and you just have no understanding of how they're communicating. And you're assuming what? They're all just miserable that they're like Yeah. Uh, also raised children is outside of my tax bracket. So I don't know. <laughs> But it's just like you're not not everyone is supposed to have fucking kids. Yeah, there's tons of people. I don't want to have kids. There's people that <laughs> just want to have a fucking record collection. And the the idea that you're supposed to work. These guys can't handle that. There is a whole generation of people going. Why do we work? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. work is fucking stupid and bullshit. 
Yeah. Like if you really like who wants to go to a fucking factory for 30 years? Christ. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's 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 nonsense. People don't want to fucking work. Some people do, but most people are like, I'd rather just go hang out on a beach. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and uh, don't get me started. The 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 romantification the romantification, the the deification of hard work as intrinsically good in and of itself is is so depraved and has done so much harm to this culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Protestant work ethic. Is he happy? Is this is this guy happy? Because I'll tell you something. I don't know about you guys. I've been in relationships with happy people. I've been in relationships with deeply unhappy people. Much better off with oh, someone who's guy, happy. Yeah. This guy, we don't give a fuck about what Ward is feeling. We don't give a fuck about the fact that Ward is waking up every night screaming because he's back over there. And then like <laughs> he just wants to die every waking minute. And the only thing keeping him alive is the fact that he's beholden to his wife and children. And if he doesn't keep earning at his impossible job, they're going to die in an orphanage or something. He's not a happy man we're talking about. <laughs> I'm guessing. I don't fucking know. No, I've never I seen mean, we show. only have, like, we have like a 15 minutes into his life every day. That's not much. He could be yeah. doing all kinds of fucked up shit outside of that. Everyone can be yeah. good for 15 minutes a day. Children and to act as role models for the next generation. Sure, laugh at them, but remember they are what our world is built on. And here is where Ward... <laughs> What? 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 True what? founding fathers. <laughs> Our world is not built on fictional sitcom dads. It's just not. God damn it! No, it's built on fictional people from the Bible. So that's right. Exactly yeah. right. Is it worse? Kiefer fits in today, or he's never gone out of style. Not really. Getting married, being a father, working your way to owning a home. These are probably the best things that will ever happen to most of us. And, and increasingly or decreasingly <laughs> unlikely to happen to any. So yeah. <laughs> working your way to being able to rent a one bedroom apartment. Our culture snickers at Ward Cleaver types. Yes. Is- yes. I mean, of course we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would be wrong not to propagating a falsehood when it paints them as stifled, miserable, hollowed-out men, yearning for their carefree bachelor days and regretting their commitments. This is a man whose job is so inconsequential that nobody even knows what it is. Yeah. The thing he spends most of his time doing, he cares so little about. He doesn't even ever enunciate to his wife and children what he does. Yeah, he actively (laughs) hates it. Imagine thinking having meaningful work yeah. isn't the goal to aspire to. What leaves a man depressed and hollow inside <laughs> is not attachments, but the lack of them. Consider this. If all the slackers in the world disappeared tomorrow, the video game industry would collapse. But- <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Could you imagine what? Only people that don't have jobs play video games. What in the also, fuck? First of all, they're very expensive. Uh, secondly, everybody plays fucking video games. Thirdly, what? Just also, isn't happened? it like a multi multi million dollar industry? Am I missing something? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's everybody creating video jobs. Games. Yeah. Yeah. It's a job creator. Yeah. Uh, Jesus it, oh my god! You you know what? People who want to work, go fucking work. 
Yeah, you got to get back to, you know, where when we didn't have, before video games, everybody was playing dominoes and jacks, and there were no such thing as slackers. (laughs) We got to get back to just a good game of solitaire. (laughs) (laughs) But if all the ward cleavers of the world disappeared tomorrow, civilization. Dave, do not say what he's going to say. How do you disappear if you were never here? There are no word cleavers. There's none. So we, we don't already know what job he did. <laughs> yeah, There's a I movie thought... about a French guy who gets fired from his job and he leaves his house every day for a year and he just drives away and just drives around <laughs> without telling his family he lost his job. That could be Ward fucking Cleaver. Oh my God. Imagine if Ward Cleaver was a serial killer. Like every time he left and he was at work and he's just, I want to see that show. Like the other side of beaver. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. He's, he's out there killing little beavers because he hates his son. Civilization would collapse. No, civilization would not collapse if the ward beavers disappear. No. <laughs> it would not collapse. Lisa's Mind just stunned. Level. You should see the look. Isn't, isn't he just? Isn't well, I'm he just only saying white, white guys things. are important? Yeah, I, I think. Well, and they are. I mean, look at this guy's doing a lot of important work. For example, yep. <laughs> Garrity of the National Review for Prager University. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine making that video when your <laughs> your whole thing is about hard work and do other shit, and then you make that you make that video. Unreal. And you walk away thinking you've accomplished something. I mean, you just did nothing. I want to see the sitcom that guy writes about, like, a slacker couple. <laughs> that would be amazing. What does he imagine? Like, you can't be in a meaningful yeah. relationship unless you what wear a suit. It's also like, how mad are you at your son that you made this video? <laughs> <laughs> or your dad yeah by the dude, way. just talk to them yeah like why is it why is it a five-minute video where this guy's going you know we need more men like my father that at least you would understand that would at least be yeah. based yeah. on some vague version of reality assuming his father is in any way kind of shape a, a decent father or whatever but yeah this is called the sexiest man alive and it's just him lamenting that the sexiest man alive we aren't how the fuck did they get that title yeah ward cleaver was around long before whatever magazine puts out (laughs) that's that's true yeah people magazine i think yeah people (laughs) it wasn't even Uh, a real thing it still isn't uh sorry you're talking to somebody who's been on that cover so Um, (laughs) oh boy oh no actually i just had one made uh Okay, fine. Have you? Had, is that enough, Lisa? You you done with that? Are you, do you have any? That was uh, unbelievable. Jump right I can't believe. Yeah. Well, now I'm like, well, shit. I wonder how much it pays to write this for PragerU because I could use <laughs> another gig. You could. Just we don't know it. because Absolutely. the people who do this don't put their credits up on IMDb for some reason. Yeah. It's hard to find out no. who's behind these. <laughs> We're guessing they're not union. I mean, that'd be reasonable. It's, I can't imagine any union shop. I would think you could probably get. It's definitely not this. union. Yeah, but I, 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 I don't think anybody gets paid. I think these are just written by little ideologues who want to get for the love of the game. The, system, <laughs> the love of the right. game. Yeah. Right. 
that's yeah, that's why they only do one or two. So let's let's just leap right into uh, another one. Um, I try to keep these, you know, vaguely connected to to something you'd. Um, this one's generational, Lisa. Mm-hmm. We should say for the record that Lisa's um, a few years younger than Dave or me. Um, and it's uh, Prager. You uh, asking a question that I think all of us are asking, and they're coming up with answers. Why are so many young people unhappy? To cite just one example, Reuters reported in 2019 that suicidal thinking, severe depression, and rates of self-injury among U.S. college students more than doubled over less than a decade. And unhappiness is hardly... I, this, I, this kind of shit makes me insane because I know so many teenage kids who broke down crying in front of their parents because of climate change mm-hmm. like just openly fucking that's sick. probably the first re- he's going to get to that in a minute yeah. i'm sure yeah uh-huh. uh-huh but they yeah but he'll say it's because of god but go ahead you don't take bets lisa do you want to take bets i it's gonna be it's gonna be because i i agree with the god thing and it's gonna be because the the family unit isn't mm-hmm. what it used to be and everything mm-hmm. is broken. It's like, man, everyone has suicidal thoughts. Grow up and think about killing yourself. <laughs> Confined to Americans, as the social commentator Kay Heimowitz recently wrote, Germans are lonely, the bon vivant French are lonely, and even the Scandinavians are lonely. The British prime minister recently appointed a minister of loneliness. People have more money, better health, better housing, more education, and live longer than at any time. Do we have any of these things? Yeah, I'm like, what? More money. Does he mean like things are more expensive, so people are paying more for things? Because that's where we have more money. He's not talking about the differential. Right. Who can afford college? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. The woman in parliament who set up the minister of loneliness was if you tell me she committed suicide i'm gonna (laughs) no she was the one who was murdered what she was the one who was assassinated remember that remember the member of parliament who was killed that that was her what why i do not remember that uh you don't remember that Mm -mm. i don't remember it uh she was shot and stabbed she was shot and stabbed a bunch of times um, uh, by a far right guy. Uh, Jesus. Who, yeah, he he assassinated her because she was uh, she was a lefty. Jeez, Lovely. Okay. Anyway, time in history, but people, especially the young, are unhappier than at any time since data began to be collected. Right. Right. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. Fuck, fuck you. Why? Because there's no fucking future for anybody right now. No. Economically, fucking socially, the planet, it's all fucked, you dumb asshole. <laughs> there are any number of reasons. Increased drug and opioid addiction. Wait, wait, wait. <sighs> fuck. What? I mean. Yeah, which people are just doing because like, hey, there's more drugs and opioid. I'm doing great. But you know what? Jesus, this stuff's so easy to come by. I'm just going to start doing tons of it. They they can never connect that everything that's happening here is what happened when the Soviet Union collapsed and afterwards, and how it everything all this all the same shit is what happened. Like 
people lost hope. They start doing drugs and they get fucking, they become alcoholics and they kill themselves. Mm -hmm. Like this is what happens when your society's falling apart. Yes. Oh wait, no God. <laughs> he also, he doesn't want to acknowledge that there's causes. And yet in other right. videos, he basically, especially when they do the homeless stuff, they blame all this shit on poor character. So essentially if you connect Dennis Prager's dots, he's saying that people, young people are unhappy today because they have poor character. Yeah. Okay. By yeah. the way, that's a lot of oxy in that picture. <laughs> it is. Also, why do in a, like I can't tell because I do think people on the right are so stupid. They, uh, I can't tell if they know and aren't saying it, or if they're too dumb to realize that the problem with our healthcare system and with pharmaceutical companies is what's causing it's connected to the opioid crisis. Yeah. Right. They're yeah. not separate. Those are prescriptions. He's, right. Yeah, he's blaming yeah, think, this unhappiness on uh, I think they're too dumb honestly to connect all that stuff. I, I don't think they have the analytical skills that are needed to be a fully formed human. <laughs> Less human interaction because of constant cell phone use and young people's fears for their future. <laughs> Are the so, most but, uh, widely offered explanations. Up, 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 up. What happened there? Okay, I will say. He's about, to, he's about to shoot you down, Dave. Big the dog's about to shoot is, your ass down. The Sorry, cell phone God. thing is true. It's it's a, sure. it's an actual problem, particularly with uh, teenage uh, girls. Um, they, for some reason, uh, are uh, are doing. This is according to my wife, who's a psychologist. They're up later uh, on their phones texting and getting into shit and whereas the boys are less um doing that less so it's causing less sleep and it's it's a it's a genuine like thing but then did you say fears for the future tell me he's gonna go deeper into this like oh yeah tell me he's about to shoot all these down for the Man. future but the biggest reason is the loss of values and meaning. Let's begin with values, just, and I'll focus on America. I shit out all my organs. My organs all just came out of my body. I shit them out because my body doesn't want to live. The United States was founded on two sets of values, Judeo-Christian and American. Oh, this combination... Uh, wait, the United the States was founded on American values. What does that I mean? I get it. It's dumb, but you know, the United States was founded on Judeo-Christian values. Okay, I understand what you mean. How is the United so, States founded on American values? How do you? So let me see. How, that, how does an adult say that? Well, let I, me just. Let me just. Let me just. First of all, so Judeo-Christian values are genocide. <laughs> Is that? Am I understanding that correctly? It's just genocide. It's the building I'm, block of any solid society, Dave. But here's so, what I want to know. No, you're not, you're not getting is, me. Hang on. Okay, go ahead. It's genocide and slavery. Those are the, right. those are the building blocks. Uh, you ever heard of Thomas Mortensen? Thomas Morton? Mm -mm. He was a dude who, uh, who came over during, you know, the puritanical times and was like, this is fucking crazy and split off and started like a little group and they were fucking partying and having gay sex and uh, Native Americans were coming and they're all fucking hanging out and uh, they were creating what essentially would have been the greatest fucking country on earth and then the Puritans found out and went and killed them. Mm -hmm. Of course. We had a chance. We had a chance. We had a chance. 
But here's my question. We're the founding fathers. We're founding the United States. Where, yeah. where, where, where are we getting these American values that we're basing it on from? It's there. It's inherent within us. It's a, uh, it's part of our, um, uh, DNA American. Yeah. When you're born on this soil, there's like a magical mist in the air that gives you American values just inherently. Got it. Got it. Right. And, and why didn't all, I can't pursue this too much. It's going to break my brain. <laughs> created the freest, most opportunity giving most affluent country in world history. This is I, not chauvin. I just, I, we're, we're so, it doesn't feel like, like it. one of the least, <laughs> one of the least free countries on earth because we are all slaves to an economy that is fucking killing us. Other than that. Yeah. Also affluent. Has he mm -hmm. seen any of the people at a MAGA rally? Just any, I mean, any there, two of them. The country's affluent. The country's affluent. There are, there are so many places in America that uh, the UN has described the same as a third world country. Like, yeah, but we're affluent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's fact. That's why people from every no. country on earth have wanted to emigrate to America and still do. That's no, no, it's, it's. I just met you know, last you know, generally week. Generally, we have made the place they live now un-fucking-habitable. I was in Poland last week and I met some extended family for the first time and they were like, yeah, you know, we came to visit years ago and we always thought America was like, the land of opportunity and freedom. And then we visited and we were like, oh, not at all. We'll never move there. <laughs> They're like, it's a terrible place. I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah, no, it's horrendous. <laughs> but imagine thinking all those people are coming here because like, you know what, man, stuff's, stuff's all right here, but God, it's so good in America. I'm, I'm going to go. Like, who's yeah. doing that? Who is, who is, who's okay? And then, okay, you know, it's just, completely I mean, it's better completely it's better if you're you know in darfur uh or uh you know war-torn places like mm -hmm. you're in guatemala mm -hmm. and you can no longer farm your yeah. crops because the earth is dry like okay i'll go to america that's who's fucking coming to america yeah that's what I'm saying. Nobody's sitting around in a halfway decent middle-class existence, making an all right living and everything's going okay. Going, you know, I got to yeah, go to that America. land and free. It's so much better. They're usually having our bombs dropped on them. You know what's uh, wrong with Denmark is I'm not getting shot. <laughs> Chief among the American values was keeping government as small as possible. This not true. It, <clears throat> what, what, where, where is it's he getting true. these American values well, that, from? That's, this is an Ayn Randian value. Yeah, that, that's that's actually uh, a a a group of the founding fathers who believe that. But then there obviously uh, there's another group that didn't believe that. So mm -hmm. it's just it's a fucking lie. This enabled non-governmental institutions, Kiwanis, Rotary and Lions clubs, book clubs, the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, bowling leagues, music societies, and of course what? churches to provide Americans with friends and to provide the neediest Americans with help. What, uh, what in uh, the fuck just happened? He left out swingers clubs, but <laughs> I, what, what? He's talking about the loss of community, which, you know, real thing, real problem. Uh, yeah, the fact that there are no more Kiwanis or rotary clubs, I think is, 
I mean, that's where okay, I met I'll my put... wife. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck just happened? I mean, yeah. there are ways to build community, though. And I feel yeah, like it's most people, now, we're all working to ourselves to death. So it's like most people just have community around work because you don't see the fucking right. light of day outside of that. Maybe that's an issue. Exactly. And and we've obliterated our small towns with Walmarts and everything else. Like all the shit that he likes has destroyed mm-hmm. these fucking places. Yeah. yeah. But as government has gotten ever larger, many of these non-governmental groups have dwindled in number or simply disappeared. That's the, 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 the correlation causality. What is it? Correlation is not causality. Yeah. The government got bigger somehow and the rotary clubs went away. Yeah. Like How he's he connecting the, one I mean, to the, the other. The NRA is still bonding people together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Grief support groups for people whose loved ones have been shot to get to death. Those are still fucking thriving. I don't think we've been the same since Circuit City closed. <laughs> <laughs> Who could be, Dave? Who could be? <laughs> but it's true. I mean, we are, as a nation, as, as a species, we are more disconnected than we've ever been. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's a real Especially thing. America. Especially, Especially America. America. But Jesus Christ, it's like he, he has no grasp of, of what causes that and, and what the solutions are. The Rotary Club? I blame it on Ward Cleaver. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, yeah, Ward was a, he was a Rotarian. Another set of values <laughs> is referred to as middle class or bourgeois values. These include getting married before having a child, making a family, Getting uh-huh. a job, self-discipline, no. delayed gratification, and patriotism. What? 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 What is? Wait. What? Huh? That's got nothing to do with the middle class. What does anything delayed have to gratification do with class here? Yeah. Patriotism. What is delayed? Is he talking, is he about, talking about edging? edging? What's he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Comedians are in a house. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, patriotism has nothing to do with the middle class. Uh-uh. Well, uh Well, maybe insofar as like we're sending the middle class and anyone with less money than that overseas to fight in bullshit true. wars. True. And then what's what it? Is- you have kids, and then you go get a job. It's interesting. Yeah, interesting order of events there. Like, how are you? <laughs> yeah. How are you even? How are you paying for anything before you have the kid? Who cares? Who cares, really? All of these have been under attack by like America's elites with the following results. The what? Okay, to what? be fair, <laughs> screenwriter, TV writer, comedian, <laughs> mix and match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> Anybody here actually knows what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> I just uh, never understand... What when I see and I'm assuming uh, he makes a, a good grip of money with all his bullshit. How do and yet these he people just, who are he making lives in Dave's neighborhood? <laughs> he lives in the town over the rich town. Now I feel over. sorry for him. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> how are these people complaining about the alleged elite? I'm like I can't. Right. I'm right. going to. What are you talking he, about, man? It, yeah, no, he's the definition of the elite. He's he's literally a rich guy who is creating propaganda to sway the poor. He is 
exactly the elite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he does, and and he is financed by massive right wing organizations, yeah. uh, big anti fracking groups, and fundamentalist Christians, and so forth. And um, uh, and he gets to just sit around and spew idiotic garbage twenty four seven. These people will fund so. anything. I am on the wrong side. Uh, what am I doing? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, literally, yeah. You, you can just say you're a right wing, and they'll just throw fucking money at you. To yeah, I'm a blonde white lady. Right. I should apply for Tucker Carlson's yeah. job. Yes. Oh <laughs> yeah, the uh, no, we talk about this all the time. Why it's like there, we were like, why isn't there a left version of this? And now I'm thinking, fuck that noise. We could make so much more money just going off and doing Prager you right. Yeah, you know <laughs> how yeah. much money we can make if we just walked in and go, hey, yeah. give us ten percent bump, and we'll make this thing really good. Get rid, yeah. get rid of the old guy. Majority of births to millennials are to unmarried women. Is that true? That's fascinating. Good for them. Yeah, because I mean, it means you don't actually have to get married just because you're going to have a kid. Like it doesn't mean. Yeah. It doesn't mean that. So I just want to point this out that if you don't get married and you have a child, the father doesn't disappear like what happened in the photo. The father can still be there. Uh, it's just not married, but the also dad... aren't these the motherfuckers that are stopping abortion? That yeah. So oh. you are also creating single mothers. Yeah, you were cre- creating them yeah. intentionally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the reasons you're creating single mothers is because now that woman has to take the worst fucking job she can never quit because she's living paycheck to paycheck. If even that, and she is beholden to the horrific system that you've created, you're essentially chaining her to a nightmare. Yeah, imagine um, eradicating abortion and then berating women for being oh, fucking hell. I every now and then it just hits me what an awful human being Dennis Prager is. And according to a 2018 yeah, uh, Cygna study, terrible. single parents are generally the loneliest of Americans. The percentage. Well, no fucking shit. <laughs> well, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God damn it. So these, these are the, so you're going to force women to have kids. So they'll be the loneliest people. Great. Yeah. Nice yeah. job, asshat. Which of American adults who have never been married and who have no children is at an historic high. Then there's patriotism. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The the whole system is is set up so you can only go to work and come home. Yeah. That's what, what do that's I what have to be patriotic about? I'm just curious because I grew up super patriotic. I mean, my my uh, I don't know. It's more about where I being from rural Indiana than anything. And then you start to put information into your brain and it's like, Oh fuck this place. (laughs) Like I can't get healthcare, but I'm paying to keep Mitch McConnell alive. You want me to celebrate that? Fuck (laughs) you. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are every day, the, the number of people who, who dislike this country just grows and grows and Mm -hmm. grows and grows. That's how it works. But I, I've never been patriotic. But also, I would say, but, but there are people it. who just had it drummed in their head so much, and I get it. Who, who? Yeah, I get it. Don't want to make that leap, and it's like they may not hate the country, but they're miserable in it. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know? Miserable. <laughs> and they yeah. can't afford to see another country to see if, in fact, America is the best. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, oh, a Prager's here to tell you it is. Until so you the 19th. I feel like the fact that my family, oh, I was going to say no, that I, my family lives in a tiny village in the middle of nowhere in Poland. And they're like, yeah, America ain't it. What a fucking <laughs> heap of shit. It's like. <laughs> okay. Then there's patriotism. Until the 1960s, Americans grew up loving their country, admiring the founders. What happened oh, in the whoa. 1960s? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Was there um, something that made that so, a turning point? Uh, also, absolute fucking horseshit dismisses what just that? endless <laughs> fucking history of the working class. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of black people. Uh, not that great. Uh, black did, people did, aren't that great? In Is the 60s. Before the 60s. Are, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Before the 60s came along, was there a thing where Japanese people were put in camps? Mm-hmm. Um when did women get to vote? I mean, uh, besides white women, like, fuck you. you the revisionism is fucking insane. Like all of a sudden the sixties came along and it was bad. No, for white dudes is what you're talking about. Yeah. Nobody else. Believing in America's values, most especially liberty. Americans did not ignore the bad parts of their history, but they were wise enough to recognize that what made America exceptional was not its flaws, which were all universal, but its virtues, which were not. What does it mean universal? What is that even? Flaws? How many- so that is a that is a nod to slavery. Everybody did slavery. That is, that's what they're saying. They're saying yes, yeah, everybody no did slavery, which is uh, we oh, know, the true. flaws are universal um, across the world. Yeah. Yes, of course. Right. They're, they're saying that everybody did what we did. Um, you know, every country did genocide like it's just yeah bullshit. every country is running coups in other countries i mean <laughs> every every country helped been. set up operation it Condor was a different time leftists in camps <laughs> yeah no <laughs> this strong american identity provided generations of americans with roots community optimism and meaning i mean what did, in the fuck a lot of those people found out that was bullshit well, you, you also know? just don't get to say stuff that's not true. Like, yeah, wait, like that. That's that's the image that is portrayed in media, but it's just fucking bullshit. Like th- that dismisses all of the socialists. That dismisses yeah. that dismisses every anarchist, every fucking leftist, every single guy that worked that was in unions who was fucking fighting for shit and dying in Colorado and Utah and the fucking mine. Like it's just it's just the most mm-hmm. dismissive garbage. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? The fact that you can say, why don't you just say dragons were real? <laughs> but don't discount the impact that Americans actually seeing, you know, soldiers coming home in body bags yeah. on TV. What that did to people's perception of, of the country, the people who did buy into these myths. Yeah, you know, and who start learning what happened. we're doing abroad for yeah, no fucking reason. Yeah. I mean, it's really simple. Those people went, oh, they're fucking lying to us. Which brings me to the most important reason mm-hmm. for all this unhappiness, a lack of meaning. As Viktor Frankl, the He's renowned gone. Austrian-American psychoanalyst, wrote in his masterpiece, Man's Search for Meaning, aside from food, the greatest human need is meaning. 
and nothing has given Americans or any other people for that matter as much meaning as religion. But in I mean, the graphics okay. team here is doing a lot more work than whoever wrote this. <laughs> in the West, since World War II, God and religion have been relegated to the dustbin of history. What is he talking about? What, like, seriously? I mean, We're still the most religious country in the world, last time I checked. People don't know that. It's horrifyingly true. Also, yeah, I don't, I feel like when you're told that everything is out of your control and there's a man in the sky who's deciding your destiny, what could make you feel more meaningless than, than <laughs> that? What is yeah, your purpose not, not if somebody point. else is doing everything for you? Yeah. But again, it goes back to that community thing. He doesn't seem to get. You know, if because um, uh, one of the things church provides for a lot of people is a sense of community and belonging. And it is the one area where he's right. He just doesn't understand mm -hmm. any of the causes. Yeah. Is, right. is lost. That loss of community has done us probably irreparable damage. Be nice if we talked about the actual causes. The result is that more than a third of Americans born after 1980 affiliate with no religion. This is unprecedented in American history, and it's even worse in Europe. Maybe. Only a third? Only a yep. third. You would think it would be so. And I think it is way, way much more than that uh, with the Gen Z and millennials. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're just not polling us. I know. I think I know two people in my whole life that believe in God. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's and, failed. Yeah. It had something to do with all the molestation of, you know. Yeah, that no. didn't help. That didn't Everyone help. likes to get diddled, but, Dave. But, there's thing that happens when, when you're when you're when you're you know supposedly authoritative figures are revealed over and over and over again to not just be liars but as you say you know child rapists things like mm -hmm. that to, to, it does have an impact on your desire yeah. to uh, take part in their um, you know their system shockingly and that, so yeah. and that's and that's everyone that's the Baptists that's the Mormons that's the, obviously the Catholics like it's across the board be just maybe. The decline of Protestantism, Catholicism, and Judaism, those great providers of meaning, is the single biggest factor in the increasing sadness and loneliness among so many young people in America and around the world. It's capitalism. It's not exactly right. It is the biggest religion of all of them, capitalism. Also, I grew up Catholic. The whole, the whole crux of Catholicism is making feel, people feel horrible and guilty about everything they do all day. That's right. I don't understand... <laughs> How the absence of that <laughs> creates sadness. But you are feeling guilty together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you all had published in the Journal of the American Medical <laughs> yeah, Association, JAMA Psychiatry, <laughs> found that American women who attended a religious service at least once a week were five times less likely to commit suicide. And common sense suggests this applies to men as well. So if I can understand this correctly, people who are motivated enough to go outside and join <laughs> groups are less yeah. likely to commit suicide. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Really hot take. Yeah. No, but it's interesting he's leaving that out. Or that the study, it's like they look at that and oh, religion's the answer. It's like, no, motherfuckers, getting out and being around and engaging with other people also, is the I fucking answer. 
I'm alarmed at the phrase at least, because uh, what's going on? I need to know with these women that are going to church three, four, five times a week. Because I'll tell you what, I have an aunt that goes seven days a week and she is deeply oh. unwell. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Unwell. Seven days a week? Wow. I am dead ass serious. Seven days a week. Holy shit. There's nothing I do. Se- I don't even eat seven days a week. No, no. Young people have been told God is nonsense. Their country is essentially evil. Their past is deplorable. Their future is bleak. And marriage and... Well... Yeah, yeah well, um, that's all. That's all. Young correct. people have been like, told the truth. They figured it out for themselves, you clown. They're, I mean, they're just you reading can't... history and reading about the future. <laughs> well, like, and also happening. looking out the window, looking out the window. Children are not important. <laughs> Why are so many young people depressed, unhappy, and angry? It's not capitalism or income. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you you know that's why you brought that up, Dennis. He 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 couldn't help himself. Yeah. Uh, Inequality or patriarchy, or even global warming. It's having no religion, no God, and no country to believe in. Okay, so I will say this. Actually, those things he listed will all kill you. Like matter yeah. of fact, kill you dead physically. Those things he's saying we need, they they, they will not actually save you. But he is right in that if you believe that you're going to heaven and that it's okay that it mm-hmm. happens soon, then you're perfectly happy with global warming. Right. You're perfectly content with the planet being destroyed because you think, well, that means we're all going to heaven, those of us who believe. Like, mm-hmm. you're hastening the process of the apocalypse, not realizing that that's just a book that a bunch of guys made up 100 years after a guy died. <laughs> yeah, and I I don't like to bag on religion because it's it's brought a lot of good to a lot of people. Some of our great, you know, it's like you're gonna bag on religion. So tell me what an asshole Martin Luther King was. You know what I mean? There's plenty of well, great I'm fucking, historical I'm figures. <laughs> I'm joking. <joking. laughs> oh shit, is he problematic now? But <laughs> it's it's you know, I don't even know what my point was anymore. <laughs> The idea that that's the only way where you can seek community is yeah. brain dead yeah. or that you need the fear of God. To, I remember when I was growing up, my family, my mom's side of the family is deeply religious and half of them are MAGA. Um, and I remember growing up, they were like, well, if you don't believe in God, how do you know right from wrong? And I'm like, Uh-oh. inherently, that that one. it's that, yeah, I that's don't a, understand that's a trigger thing. What but that's mean? one of the things that people who misuse religion uh, like Prager does, and they use it to harm people. This is what well, I was trying all, to get at before. It also is makes their, me wonder their perception, about this guy. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. their perception, their version of religion and God, the one that says there's an afterlife, so it's okay if we suffer, it's okay if you live the world, leave the world uninhabitable, you're going to a better place. What that does is it obliterates your sense of connection to the world you live in today. More importantly, your sense of responsibility to it. Yes. Because at its core, all morality is about the survival and perpetuation of the species. All healthy morality is mm-hmm. what I'm doing going to hurt more people than it helps. You know, that's it. Cause we're all in this together. And when your religion tells you to remove that from the equation, you're fucked because yeah. basic human morality tells you we have to make sure the planet is inhabitable after we shovel off it. And this guy's religion tells him it's okay that it's not. Right. 
And that is not, I would argue, a healthy interpretation of most religions. Most religions actually understand that and were crafted to get that into people's heads, you know? It's also, if you distill it down, this idea of not, because one of my religious MAGA aunts has said to me, she's like, I don't even recycle. She's like, I'm, I'm done. I'm in my sixties. I've done my part, which she hasn't. She's never done any fucking thing worthwhile. But it's like this idea that you don't have to keep the planet inhabitable for the next generation, et cetera, et cetera. That is you telling the next generation, I don't give two fucks about you. And then turning around and being like, well, why are they so depressed? Well, you just told them you don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, every single day that goes by, they don't do anything about climate change. You're telling generations that you don't care about them. Like, mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think the result of that is? And what does that yeah. leave them with? No meaning. But there is always Instagram. I'm Dennis Prager. This video was made. Sounds like somebody's not getting a lot of likes on Instagram if he thinks there's no <laughs> <laughs> He he is a he is a uh, deeply, deeply stupid man. Yeah. Yeah. That was no, a weird he's, commercial he's, for Instagram, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's only one of Eddie Pepitone's bits. <laughs> it does. It absolutely does. The world is ending, uh, Instagram. Yeah. Apocalypse is here, but yeah, he's, he's Trader just Joe's a really, he's just a really dumb guy who, who just goes, no, just believe in God and everything's fine. And it's like, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, you know, you've got to look at other possibilities. Like there's no absolute about fucking anything. Like there always have to be, so you can't just go God. It's just like going COVID's fine. We can get it a bunch. Like there's just all these things like, no, nobody knows. Nobody knows any of this stuff, but to sit there and go like, just believe in God and all this stuff will go away. It's just so fucking dumb and weird. Mm-hmm. Yep. Real bizarre. Oh, shit. You. Uh, what do you think, Lisa? You want to, uh, you want to take more classes at PragerU? If you had your, uh... I, I would like to enroll. <laughs> I'm, I'm going for the, I'm going for my doctorate in PragerU. Master's program. Jesus you can be like us, and Josh and I have committed a percentage of our incomes to Prager University. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Uh, true. So they can continue to good work educating the young. Imagine just passing That's this off and feeding it to people as, as because this shit's ending up on Facebook pages all over the country. Mm-hmm. You know. Your 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 family you're talking about half of them are probably putting these things up on Facebook. As a thousand percent, they are. I thought one thousand percent. Yeah, I think I I would like to know what effect this shit has actually had because I think it's much bigger than people kind of understand. Much more than like Fox News. I think that this stuff's so easy to just sit down and watch for five minutes. You know, and absorb it and move yeah. on. Because I definitely see a lot of idiots online parroting this absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. Well, because Prager's yeah. thing is he pre- presents this this illusion of reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm using I'm using reasoning to get to my point. So I'm using thoughtful, compassionate logic, and it's just like it's pure baseless. There's gibberish. no yeah. There's it's total nonsense. But, but yeah, but it sounds good and it takes you to a conclusion that tells you that you're right. So 
Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, not to like uh, just continue the shitting on religion because I don't look. My grandma was very religious, and I respected that, and I loved her dearly. Uh, and it's something that's not for me. But you know, the people that are willing to believe that a man in the sky is deciding uh, everything on Earth and hates gay people and uh, is helping the Bills win or whatever the fuck. Uh, Somebody that's willing to believe that is much more willing to sit and fucking believe this bullshit because they're like, I just yeah. want to be told what's what. Much like women in the fifties, yeah. <laughs> who are married to, yeah, Ward Cleaver. Mm. Ward Cleaver, boom. The guy, the guy that nobody yeah, knows where he goes during the day. You got to go out on that. Yeah, I want to know where he went. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. I, I love how we keep bringing you onto these things. I love it. Thanks for things. having me. It's, it's <laughs> nightmare fuel. <laughs> Good morning, class. Good morning, Good morning Professor Gender Today we're learning all about socialism, deviant sex, and devil worship. Yay! And how cool it is. Hail Satan, but I want to learn about Jesus. Timmy, science fiction is next week. If you finally had enough of hippie college left-wing fluff, get yourself a real degree from Prager University. Good news, class. Bill Gates is here to give everyone free vaccines. Science is a commie plot. Our professors can't be bought. All textbooks are Soros free at Prager University. My pronouns are he and him. No more guilt, no more blame, no more hetero white male shame, no apes on your family tree at Prager University. We want to thank our incredible support team, uh, Brian Ciano, our free floating agent of chaos, AKA research guy. And also Colin McCoy, who does all of our music. You can also find him. He out there in music world. He is known as diesel boots. <laughs>